You're listening to Trek FM. Want to join in the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners' discussion group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field, and we look forward to seeing you there. The 602 Club proudly presents Snyder Cuts, a podcast looking at the directorial work of Zack Snyder. And I am one of the hosts here, Matthew Rushing, and with me as he will be every single week as we are on this journey, the one, the only, John Mills. Hello, and uh, welcome to me. Welcome to all as we embark on this fine journey of examining the works of Zack Snyder as we... You know, we're we're all excited with his his coming works in 2021 and everything like that. And so that was a great excuse for us to take a, a deep dive look at the career of a director who's been both loved and hated by a lot of people. And so it'll be really interesting to walk through and see, you know, what we can discover about his growth. Yes, we're we're just so excited about this. Um, this is actually the uh, first podcast on the other side of the tfm network the 602 club and we are going to be uh, broadening the aspects of the ratio the aspect ratio of the 602 club <laughs> to involve even more things like this and this is going to be a podcast that's going to be a short run podcast actually obviously it's going to have a beginning and an end to it really um and it may be getting added to depending on what else uh, you know zach snyder does in the future um but we're just really excited to, to do something really fun like this uh, before we kind of dive into the pre Campbell about uh, the the genesis of the podcast and our first discussion this week about some of the directorial works of Zack Snyder. Just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We hope that you will subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Also, of course, uh, you can follow us, uh, Snyder Cuts Through the 602 Club on Twitter, uh, and we're also on Instagram at the 602 Club TFM. You can also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash trackfm. And we've got the listeners only discussion group where you can talk to listeners from all over the world on a section of Facebook called the Babel Conference. And that is a group dedicated just to the listeners of Track FM. And then, of course, you can find uh, all the shows on Track FM, uh, which um, we've got not only 602 Club and Snyder Cuts, but everything else that's going on on Track FM. And uh, if you would like to help the network make sure that all these shows keep coming to you, you can go to Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash trekfm is where uh, you can support the network uh, if you love what we do we could definitely use your support it's pretty expensive to put this network on because we have so much happening here so again go over to patreon.com slash trekfm and see how you can be part of the team so john i'd, I'd love for us just to kind of talk about where the genesis of this came from and you know honestly it came from you uh, well, gosh, uh, you know, I, I, I called up Matt one day and I said, Hey, you want to do a podcast? How about Thursday? He said, no, Thursday's busy. I said, how's Friday? He said, Friday's even worse than Thursday. I said, what about Saturday? He said, Saturday works. And we had a show. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> what it is, is just, um, you know, inspired by work that's been done, admittedly, you know, out there looking at the works of other directors and, and studying their entire careers, I realized that there's an opening here 
specifically because, and I know how this is going to sound, but you're a big Zack Snyder fan. I know this. I also know that everybody loves to do shows on Fincher and Hitchcock and Chris Nolan and George Lucas and all of these other people. But Zack Snyder has been a very impactful director, and he doesn't get any sort of recognition. Love him or hate him, he has made an impact on the filmmaking scene and has had some terrific successes. And so it just was a natural inclination for me to reach out to my good friend and say, I'm not a huge Snyder guy. I don't hate him, but he's been hit or miss for me. You are a big Snyder fan, so it would be very interesting to have people of two different perspectives coming at it so that we could sort of understand and give voice, I would say, to everybody that might listen to it. Instead of it just being a fawning love fest, this is going to be one that really looks at his work and and studies how he's grown as a filmmaker and where he's applied lessons and where he's succeeded and, and those sorts of things. And, you know, you were you were on board for it. Yeah, I mean, to me, this was a really interesting idea because of the fact that we both don't have the same exact opinion. And, you know, I think what will be interesting is, uh, you know, the opportunity to go back and to look at everything that he's done. We're, you know, we're going to start even tonight uh, after we kind of get done with explaining how the show works. But we're going to start with, you know, his music videos, which is where Snyder really started uh, directing and, and, and to kind of take a look at some of those and kind of see if we can see some things that will become evident later on in his work, which I think is really fascinating. Um, you know, Snyder is, uh, I, th- I think, like you said, you know, he has been uh, a very influential filmmaker in the sense that I don't think that there is a bigger following in social media of fans than those that are Snyder fans. You know, I, I think n- there has not been a more influential group of fandom in the sense of m- making uh, a director, you know, a household name um, in the way that Zack Snyder has. Obviously, with, you know, it, we've lived through the, the whole saga, both you and I, of like the Snyder cut. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. And now mm-hmm. it's happening. And, you know, it's coming out this year, you know, so that. Um, but again, I mean, this is a guy who has engendered um, an incredible amount of support for himself on social media. Um, and I, I think one of the reasons is, is that, you know, Zach seems to be a really amiable guy. You know, uh, he seems to really enjoy interacting with the fans and talking to them. He loves, you know, giving them insights. You know, his, his Vero account is full of pictures of behind the scenes from his works. You know, um, he interacts with the fans there. He's willing to do like he's he does podcasts with people and and uh, YouTube shows and like he's a guy who's who's I think learned how to use social media to his benefit and um, I I think it's just fascinating to see how much of a following he has and I think part of that and from what I've seen of it it's because he seems to be a he a good guy who treats people well. You know, um, and everybody who's ever worked with him says they love working with him. In fact, uh, Dave Batista, who's going to be in his Army of the Dead, turned down working on the Suicide Squad so that he could work with Zack Snyder. 
And, and that can't be discounted. It, it, it really can't. It's something that I think people, I'll draw a parallel here to George Lucas. Everybody that's worked with George Lucas is incredibly loyal to George Lucas. Everybody loves him. Like, you know, I remember the quote from Christopher Lee where he said, I'll do anything George asks me to do except for a backflip because I can't do a backflip. <laughs> yes, and I remember it, that. <laughs> and and it's, it's one of those things where he does have a dedicated following. And what what's interesting about it is – that following is very dedicated and people in the circles that we run in can be very dismissive of it. Oh, those are just Snyder fans or whatever. But these these fans willed into existence a movie that never should have existed, a movie that the, the studio had walked away from. And I think also I have no specific insight here. But I think also the fact that Zack Snyder must be a good guy and must be somebody that people enjoy interacting with and hanging around is the fact that Warner Brothers was still willing to go back to the table with him because maybe they had a little bit of regret where they said, maybe we shouldn't have played it that way. And that is not something that you generally see in the movie making business. And so I'm not, I don't want to make too much of it, but it is remarkable that there is a movie studio that's willing to give him that shot. I can see a movie studio saying to Francis Ford Coppola, sure, remake Godfather Part Three or recut right. Apocalypse Now as many times as you want to. You're Francis Ford Coppola. People are, people love you. Uh, but for Snyder to have that kind of pull, and on the flip side of it, what's really interesting is what people react to with his movies is the style. And so it really does seem to be a thing where you either love it or you hate it. It's it's like anchovies on a pizza. Some people love anchovies on a pizza. I say anchovies to some people and they will say, what, what are you? Ugh, bleh, ugh. But you can't discount the fact that they offer anchovies on pizza because somebody likes it. You know, fifty. Uh, what you know, the the old album title, fifty million Elvis fans can't be wrong, right? So, well, and I, you know, I I think as we kind of are are looking towards his work, and and like you mentioned, I think, it, and it's a really smart thing to say. Like Zack Snyder is a person who has a style that is the Zack Snyder style. You know, like he has something to which people can identify, and you and you look at a movie of his, and you'd be like, oh yeah, that's Zack Snyder. And, you know, I, I think, um, you know, part of that is that in many ways, and, and you know, I don't, I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I feel like so many of his films, he starts visually in much the same way that Lucas did. Like, it's all about the visuals to him, you know, and he he is so keyed into um, making his films have a specific visual look. And, you know, um, obviously, we say something like 300, where he's really looking to uh, bring that comic to life, you know, fully in the sense of like, he wants it to look like that comic, um, you know, or, you know, any of his other works. It's like, he specifically has this, this style and, and so much of it is about what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, and he starts with, you know, every single frame wanting it to be something that, you know, uh, again, it reminds me of Lucas, you know, Lucas has that book called frames 
where he's pulled out like 300 different frames of the Star Wars saga that he helps create. Um, and they're just frames that he loves because of the style and composition. And so, you know, that's so much of what Zack Snyder is known for. And like you said, people love it or hate it. And, you know, I, I think it's fascinating with him as a director. And I think this is something interesting to kind of touch on as we uh, look towards his his first works here. But, you know, he is a somebody who people vehemently seem to either hate or absolutely adore. And there's not a lot of middle ground for most of his stuff. And that's what's surprising to me. Well, and that's why I'm so happy to be doing the show with you is because I am in that, that weird middle ground where Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, there, we will get to the movies later, uh, all the way from Dawn of the Dead to where he, his debut film, he winds up remaking one of the most beloved zombie classics of all time. And I remember seeing it in the, I remember the movie theater I saw it in and who I saw it with because he's a dear friend of mine and a huge zombie horror movie fan. And we had seen Dawn of the Dead and the, the director's cut of everything like that. So we were so excited to go see what was going to happen with it. But Snyder's sensibilities stem from where so many directors got their start in the nineties, which is the music video. And Fincher got right. his start there. And, you know, you look at the career that Fincher went on to have, and he still goes in and, and dabbles in music videos and everything like that. And so I think it's really interesting because of the fact that I almost wonder if this very distinct style, we could probably take a look because I know Michael Bay, I think, I don't know specifically if Bay started in music videos, but I want to say that he did. Uh, but so many directors that we all know that have been influential over the last 20 years were music video directors. And it's hard to convey exactly how essential an industry that was to being the testing ground for somebody to get into the film industry. And I almost wonder, in a sense what we've lost in terms of visual experimentation by the fact that those music videos are no longer the popular avenue that they were. And I know they still, I think they still have, do they still have the video music awards? I think so. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, they do. I mean, you have the MTV awards and, you know, um, and you, you they still make music videos. I mean, you know, I, for Taylor Swift's brand new album, you know, she's she has music videos drop. It's just, you know, it's it's not quite the same. I don't feel like, you know, I it I don't feel like it has the the same place in the cultural zeitgeist that it once did when MTV right. was, you know, the E Ching of like cool. <laughs> yes, and VH1 was the the nerd cool. I guess that was where yeah. the nerds went to. Was VH1. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And, it, you know, wow. Uh, before we date ourselves, though, I, you know, I, I just I, I think that it's fair to say that Snyder comes from that tradition. And so his strong visual style and his even his um, his use of slow motion stems from that because it was such an impactful way to make a, a right. really, you know, a heavy point in a small space in a small time, like these little four minute short films that he comes up from, you've really got to make a mark to 
sit inside and and the whole point of the music video is to sell the song and sell the band and so in a sense he's just selling these ideas and they've got to make an impact and and come across to you and i think that that just carries over across visually right like Mm -hmm. the whole thing is to make a music video to which is visually interesting to pay attention to and keep your attention for four minutes you know and uh or how you know 355 or whatever how long the song is and you know i think um you know his first music video is lizzie borden uh (laughs) and it's uh love is a crime which wow (laughs) it's about calling 900 numbers and being love with the woman on the other side of the phone which now, Talk about racy. <laughs> now, now listen. That that it it is a racy video. It, it's one where I queued it up on the TV. I I queued up the playlist that I found. I was like, oh, I'll watch Zack Snyder's music videos. And my youngest daughter was in the room, and the Lizzie Borden thing starts up, and I'm like, nah, I think I watch this on my phone. It's fine um, <laughs> because it, I think people forget exactly how much they push the sexuality boundaries in those music oh, yeah. videos. Like, yeah, what, no, like wow really really pushed those boundaries and it was interesting because it's one of the things i kind of i wrote some notes about you know each one and one of them was is that you know snyder is not afraid of the sexuality already and that's Mm -hmm. something that we will actually see in some of his other films like you know you'll see that in 300 you're going to see that uh sexuality in in sucker punch um interestingly uh uh snowstream iron um is going to have some um you're also going to obviously see it in Watchmen you know so yeah. like this is this is something to which you know he's absolutely comfortable with doing it and i i would say you know he does it relatively tastefully it's, it's there's nothing out, outrageous um, uh, it, but it, it, it definitely is, is on the line it's definitely like yeah i was going to say that like it's definitely it's very it's very sexy and it's meant to be uh, with this song but another thing I really noticed from the beginning, Snyder is very keyed into color. What the coloring mm-hmm. of the the video is. Um you know, obviously we know that in all of Snyder's works, which is he's very keyed into the coloration, the color grading, whether it's saturated or desaturated. Mm-hmm. Um there's he's he's always playing with that and using it specifically um in in his work you know and lots of people don't uh, you know love that idea uh, or or uh, use of color gradation or, or desaturation or oversaturation but you know it was interesting to see here immediately that this this video has a specific look in its coloration um and you know he's he's keying into that already well and i think that hair metal definitely lends itself to that sort of sensibility. But also uh, I I just wanted to say because of the, the song's focus because of it's, it's theme, it's material, it's story or whatever. uh, There were a lot of bands that did songs about those, uh, those saucy phone numbers you could call even Van Halen, on uh, For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge had a song called 1-900-SPANKED, which was, it's a it's not a particularly good song. It's definitely not in their top 50 songs or whatever. But, you know, you're sitting there, it's like a pound cake, judgment day, run around. What, what, what is this? And, and Aerosmith, when they re-recorded uh, Sweet Emotion, they had a, uh, a music video about that. So this was very much a topic that was 
on the minds of of these bands, and so I have to wonder what their phone bills looked like back in the nineteen well, nineties. Billy Joel has a song. It's just a fantasy. There, oh not my gosh, the real you're, thing, you oh know? my gosh, you're right. I totally forgot about yeah. that one. It's oh just my gosh. a fantasy. Whoa. That's a good song too. It's not the real thing. That's yep. a really really so, good song. Yeah, yeah. So I, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's definitely a thing. Um, and it, it I, I mean. You can already kind of see, you know, um, the, the use of close up he uses, the, the editing style here. Um, he is thinking very visually. And this is, he's trying to create the most, the visual, uh, uh, visually interesting video he can with a music video in the sense that like the way he's cutting things, the way things mm-hmm. are crossfading. I mean, he's, he's doing, he's trying to use every trick in the book to bring this thing to life. And then of course, I mean, obviously you can bring it to life with a, a very good looking woman, uh, in her underwear. Uh, so <laughs> it's like you add all of that together and it, it I mean, it, it's interesting that you can already start to kind of see who, he's going to turn into even in just this first video. Yeah, I would I would say you can definitely see the seeds already planted for sure. Absolutely. Well, and and um you know the next one is is Peter Murphy, you're so close and and this was interesting to me because um you you see the the idea of the the color saturation but to me the one thing that stood out stood out here is really just his sense of movement. Like he, mm-hmm. he, he's really trying to make sure that things are continually moving in an interesting way to keep you drawn in. And I mean, I don't know if it really works. Um, this was not my, this was definitely not my favorite video no. um, of the group. But again, the style I felt like was continuing. Yeah, I think, I think that, I think that with, with one like this, this I, I really, this one struck me as more of a, this wasn't a great achievement sort of thing. This looked like something I could see anybody direct. There's nothing really that stands out about it. Like if I show that up there and had a multiple choice and I had four different directors listed up there and said, who directed this? I, I, you know, I think by process of elimination, like Snyder would be one of your final two, but you couldn't really narrow it down. Well, and I think, uh, you know, that's what's interesting about, um, the next video is Morrissey's Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, shows an evolution in the sense that we're going monochrome. We're going mm-hmm. black and white. Um, and this video is is a very simple video. And and what it does is it just helps set a, whole, like, a time period. Like, we mm-hmm. are chronicling this guy just walking through the streets with his friends in the background behind him as he's singing... And yet I did not find this video boring. Like there's a, there's right. an interesting sense of movement with it. The choice of black and white gives it kind of um, a classiness, you know? Uh, and to me, this also kind of shows the way that he would capture a time period. You know, um, this just seems to be very much of its time. Those early nineties, you know, this is 92. So, um, to me, again, this is one of those things where it's like this is a this is something that he's kind of added to his arsenal. Well, there's more uh, camera control here. It's definitely it's, and I think what's important about that is that it shows that he adapts to the material. He doesn't adapt the material to him. 
he says, okay, what can I bring to this? And I think what he brings to it, and this is something that Snyder, I think, should always be given credit for, whether you love or hate his style or anything. I think what stands out in the Morrissey video is he uses depth of field extremely well. There's a very controlled camera movement, but the camera is always uh, in your eye never travels from Morrissey, even though you're aware of everything else that's going on in the background. So it keeps its focus. And I'm not talking about the mechanical focus of the camera. I'm saying your focus is always where it should be while a ton of stuff is going on. And I think that's a very important skill for a director to have, especially when they come to film, is you need to be able to see what's going on in frame and make sense of it. And so I, th- this screams to me, this is a director who has that skill. Well, and I think you mentioning that reminds me of, you know, the fact that Snyder's action always looks good. And part of that is mm-hmm. his ability to to make sure that you're focused in the right area without um, making it just so obvious in the sense of like, look here. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. like the way he stages the action, the way he shoots the action allows him to be able to create a sense of, you know, where you should be looking visually. And yet the entire frame is always interesting. Well, I, you know what? I think what, what you're hitting on here is what what's interesting is in terms of his depth of field. And you wouldn't see this really in a music video, but a, a cheat that's used a fair amount. Uh, I, I really rag on Star Trek, the motion picture for this a lot is this, the split diopter shot where they can keep the front and the backgrounds, uh, the four and the backgrounds, you know, in simultaneous focus while having that little blurry spot, um, you know, in center or anything like that. And Snyder never relies on a trick like that. Snyder's always able to pull focus or whoever's working with him. He's always able to get the DP to pull focus in such a way that he doesn't need to rely on keeping everything in crystal clear focus, which is also something you saw with a lot of music videos was everybody was always in perfect focus and there wasn't that depth of field going on. So, you know, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but it really is impressive in this video that this Morrissey video is impressive for what it is. And it and what like I think what makes it so interesting it feels so deceptively simple and yet mm-hmm. it's not because this also is kind of a wonder it it looks mm-hmm. like a a wonder you know so yep. that's like a four minute runner of of just one shot uh, and I'm sure that there are probably some cuts in there somewhere but it looks seamless and mm-hmm. that's that's a visual achievement too for you know it's a music video you know but we're we're really trying to um give it some some artistic merit here and right. you know so far i would say this is the best of the group um mm-hmm. his next one is soul asylum uh somebody to shove which is a f- weird weird i i loved name. this song back in the day yeah. i really did um, i i loved this song i still kind of do um but it's you know, I, I mean, it's it's a soul asylum video. I, there's some interesting stuff going on in the camera angles and stuff like that. You could you could make an argument. You can see Snyder, but this is, you know, this is the type of thing that I'm watching while I'm waiting for Prince's new video to come on or something like. Because I know Prince's video is gonna <laughs> it's gonna be a saucy thing that I want to watch, sort of thing as a teenager. But like, this is just like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, he's bouncing around singing, you know. Well, and this one to me was him starting to kind of use visual imagery to tell a story, 
just mm. visually, you know, like you have those scenes that they're you you see playing out and and kind of starting to to do that a little bit. Um, yeah, it, it's it's not really my favorite uh, of the group, but I mean, I, I thought that there was there was some interesting progression in the sense that this is one of those music videos where there are those like strange images that are happening that are trying to kind of tell a little bit of a story going with the right. song and combining those two things together. But that's what's, um, I think, underwhelming from my perspective is, yeah, it's, it's you know, him approaching it, but this sort of micro tableau is, maybe it's a step on the path for him, but the micro tableau like this was fairly common. You know, it came into more and more play, and it it underwhelms because the impression is that there's a story I'd rather pay attention to that the micro tableaus are suggesting than seeing the lead singer of Soul Asylum right, bounce right. around. So, yep, yep, I'm right there with you. And and interestingly enough, and we get ZZ Top with World of Swirl, which is a song that's actually from a soundtrack to a movie called In the Army Now, which, you know, John, you remember that Pauly Short and Andy Dick joint, so... Um, I remember the ads for it, and I also remember (laughs) that I was wise enough, even as a young lad, not to spend money on Pauly Shore movies, so... Well, and and what's interesting about the video is that you have basically ZZ Top in concert, and and so Snyder's mixed that with parts of the movie to kind of try and create some kind of cohesiveness, but... I mean, it is what it is in the sense that, like, there's not a ton that you can do with a music video to a movie, uh, you know, a movie soundtrack song, and there's just not a ton you can do with that because it's really just meant to be a promo for the movie on right. VH1 or, you know, MTV. And, I mean, it is it is what it is. Um, The song was kind of fun itself. Like, ZZ Top was... The, the oh, song was, yeah. was, was fun. But... Yeah. You know, as as to this really, I think, adding too much to, you know, what we see for Snyder, I, I don't think this is really one of those. Yeah, you could maybe make an argument that the the saturations that are in the, the concert yeah. footage, you could say, okay, because there's a really, like, a, you know, very dominant, really rich saturation going on. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was just like, okay, I got to pay the bills, but I can at least make these shots look interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the complete, I mean, the complete opposite of that is, you know, Rod Stewart's Leave Virginia Alone, which this is really where I think, one, obviously, uh, we start to see slow-mo, we start to see the different saturations. Uh, you can really see some of that that imagery um, that almost kind of reminds me of some of the things he's going to do in BVS, Mm-hmm. Um, with the way that he uses slow mo, the way that he uses the the camera, and again, the, like the the different saturations and everything, um, this was actually one of the most um, impressive to me with just the look and the feel of it, and and it really feeling like okay, we're in 1995 now, uh, and Snyder has kind of like latched on to something that I really can see like him as the filmmaker he's going to become. Yeah, I, th- this is the type of video that just says to me, I, I think you've hit everything on the head there, so I don't really have anything like of great depth to add, um, except to say that videos like this speak to me about artists who spoke with the director of the music video 
and yeah. uh, yep. we're down with the vision of it, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the the ZZ Top one, and that's an assignment. That's a do this, and you need to use this footage. Okay, this is the type of video uh, that says he sat down and they discussed it, and he said, "I'm thinking of doing this, and this is what I'm think. This is where I think we can go with it." And the artist saying, "Yeah, I think that's interesting. Let's do it." Well, and and what's fascinating is that the next video that he does, the music video, is after he's directed Dawn of the Dead and Three Hundred. Um, and it's My Chemical Romance singing Desolation Row. And this is quintessential Snyder in every single way, shape, and possible. I mean, even the beginning of it where it pulls down and it's the movie theater, I was like, mm-hmm. that's the opening shot to BVS. Yeah, I, I this is the one. If This is the best one of this lot. I will, I'll, I'll go ahead. Spoilers. Uh, this is the best one of the lot. And this is the one... The minute I started watching it, I said, okay, this is the one I could pull out of this. I could play it for somebody and say, what did you think of that? And the first words out of their mouth would be, that's a Zack Snyder video. You have so much in it that is from from the, the color palette to the depth of field to the way the camera moves to the use of slow motion in the big crowd scenes to even the faces that the, the people make when they start fighting. I like there isn't a single frame that doesn't scream Zack Snyder here. It's, it's some, it's something to behold. This is the work of a, a director who is in full command of what he wants to do. Well, and it, and it, and what's interesting about this one too, is that it feels cinematic like mm-hmm. this one. I mean, from the, and this is where obviously music videos really went to this whole thing of, it feels like some sort of cinematic journey that you're going to go on. And, 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 you know, even though we have the band playing in this one, the, the story that's being told by like, you know, where they are and it's the grunge, uh, you know, it's the, um, the punk rock band playing and, and, you know, you've got the, the sold out show and everybody just starts banging into one another and then it turns into a fight and like all of these things. But like you mentioned, it's that saturation palette like he's played around specifically with the colorization of this to get exactly what he wants and it's again it's like quintessentially Zack Snyder in the sense that it it's it's it just is tweaked like eh you know mm-hmm. like it, it's it's so good uh, and 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 what that does is it fits the band it fits the feel you know, like mm-hmm. it, it fits perfectly with what you're kind of going for. And like you said with, uh, you know, Rod Stewart, this feels like something that they had talked through. Uh, they, it, I, I, I'm sure these guys had to have seen like 300 and been like, yeah, we want that guy directing our video. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. I, I mean, this is, this is, I think, a brilliant video uh, from, from beginning to finish. It tells a story. It successfully does it. And it has just it, – it's fun to watch. It, it it's a short film, and as a result, mm-hmm. it's just fun to watch. And there's even there's even that sense of that that wink at the audience of just saying of of basically admitting we're all in on the the sub reality here. And in terms of that 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 sub reality is what I think this really reveals is Snyder coming to that hyper-realistic style that was very popular with artists as um, the the settlers moved out into the American West was it wasn't uh, 
realism, it was hyper-realism. It was this idealized realism. And not idealized in the sense of I'm presenting an idealistic view of anything, but a very obviously manipulated reality. There, There are these terrific paintings from the era where, uh, you know, from, from the expansion era, where they are just stunning, but you know that what you're looking at couldn't exist in reality because the colors are too sharp and too off and, 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 and accentuated. Um, and so that's really, I mean, this is, if I'm going to watch a Zack Snyder movie, this is what I expect to see. This is why I want to see what he's doing. I, you know, and I, I really like what you're saying there because it, it just, it it makes you it helps you understand i think why you know especially when we get to his superhero films um is that he's not afraid to use that type of style mm-hmm. and and in some ways i you know he's trying to create an art form you know he's trying to use art to tell the story it's not just we're going to put this on screen you know there's a there's a real sense of like we want to create something artistic, you know, and um, it might not work for everyone, but we're, we're at least trying to do something that's not just, oh, we're going to throw something up on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this video, I think, really shows that. Now, I don't know what you made of Hanukkah Oh Hanukkah, which was one of the strangest videos I've ever seen with uh, it was. um Ezra Miller and Dan Fogler, both uh, from the Fantastic Beast series, they actually did this um, video as a um, a charity thing. But it is just one of the weirdest, strangest things. I'm not even sure what it has really to do almost really with Hanukkah. Um, I, it was... And he shares directorial work here with Fogler and Miller. So it was... But there's, I mean, there's some Snyder stuff in here, like the violence we get in it. But I, this was definitely not my favorite. I just, I just didn't enjoy, honestly. Um, I, I just didn't enjoy it. It just, it, something about it just was off to me, and I just did not like it. Yeah, sometimes you go for broke, and broke is what you get. You know, I, I think that's probably the best way to look at it. So, but at least you went for broke. You know, yeah. Don't leave anything out there. You know, to, to, you know, leave it, leave it all out there on the field, as they say. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, what's going to be so interesting here is, is um, I think next week uh, we're going to be diving into his short documentary work. Which, I mean, you've got a documentary about Michael Jordan uh, in there. Uh, you've got, um, you know, a, a, a sh- very short documentary um, by a for for superman's 75th anniversary which should be really interesting um and um yeah so and then you've got a couple other shorts in there as well so i think it's gonna be interesting to kind of see what those tell us about snyder especially that early work um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm gonna be really excited to, to dive into all this and then after that everybody will be diving directly into the films of course starting with dawn of the dead and working our way towards Zack Snyder's Justice League, as well as uh, Army of the Dead, which are both coming out this year. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be really excited to to be able to do that. So, John, if you know, anybody wants to talk about Zack Snyder with you or catch up with you and see what else you've got going on, where can they find you? Uh, my 
nom de plume online is Kessel Junkie. You'll find me on pretty much any social network that you wish to find me on. I strongly recommend Letterboxd because, quite frankly, all the other ones are just getting boring now. So K-E-S-S-E-L-J-U-N-K-I-E. That's me on Letterboxd and and other stuff. And you can find me, uh, actually, over on the Nerd Party Network, uh, appearing on the House of series, the House Light series, where, you know, we, we talk about different directors. Um, and you can also find me on the Nerd Party Network appearing with you, Matt, on a Star Wars show called Aggressive Negotiations, where we do not worry about the late breaking news or the rumors about who's producing what. We go for deep dive on aggressive negotiations. So if you like Star Wars, I honestly think everybody would like that one. So where else can people find you, Matt? Yeah, uh, of course, uh, you can find me here on the network on the 602 Club, um, which is our general geek show covering all of the fandoms that we love. And, uh, of course, uh, the godfather to this show. Um, you can also find me on the Nerd Party Network. Um, I'm doing Outpost with Dre Kaufman as we talk about Harry Potter each and every week, one chapter at a time. Uh, and then back here on TFM doing Literary Treks and The Orb with Chris Jones. Literary Treks is about the books and the comics of Star Trek. Uh, and then, of course, uh, The Orb is about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And uh, if you want to find me on any social media, uh, you can find me under MattRushing02. If I'm on that network, that's going to be my name. So, But um, we do want to say thank you so much for joining us. And this has been Snyder Cuts. Snyder Cuts.